Hallelujah. It is Father's Day, and we're going to take a few moments and talk about that. If you have your Bibles, the Scripture, not just because it has the name Father in it, but it's Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Malachi chapter 4. If you ever go to our website, uh, Scriptures to Pictures, Doug does a famous job, a fantastic job of taking a scripture and putting a caption, a picture around it that makes it just uh, stand out, and therefore it's outstanding. And we get more comments, I think, on, on those scriptural things than any other part of our website. So it's, uh, it's just something that you can take your time and peruse, and, and he has a beautiful statement about Abba father uh, in honor of father's day and we appreciate that very much malachi chapter 4 verse 1 through 5 this is the last in the line of the old testament prophets it's been uh, uh the last thing that god was going to say until he starts speaking anew uh, through john the baptist in the new testament and it's an important verse of scripture that we're going to read today. I, I believe, and let, let me just say things to dads. That here's what Mark Twain said. And I, I, serious stuff and kind of humorous stuff. He said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished of how much he had learned in seven years. I like that. It's honest and it's true. Billy Graham said a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. God has given the father a place of leadership and influence that if he steps into that place and becomes the man of God that God wants him to be, he will have a mighty influence in his home and in the lives of his children. Amen. I have a promise from God concerning my children. Praise God. Hallelujah. Martin Luther King Jr. said these words. I think, I think that my strong determination for justice comes from the very strong dynamic personality of my father. I have rarely ever met a person more fearless and courageous than my father. The thing that I admire most about my dad is his genuine Christian character. He is a man of real integrity, deeply committed to moral and ethical principles. He is conscientious in all of his undertakings. If I had a problem, I could always call Daddy. Isn't it amazing with all of this honor and talking about Father and revering Him? Ultimately, he said, when I'm in trouble or I have an issue or I have a problem... I don't address him as father. I address him as daddy. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane did not address the heavenly father as he normally did. Father, I know thou art always with me. But under the pressure that he was under in Gethsemane, in one of the gospels, he said this. He said, Abba, Father. If there's any other way, and that's very important. Abba is the first word that was uttered by infant in the Aramaic language of the day. It is the equivalent of dada. That's why babies learn to say it. I'm going to tell you something. To say Abba Father as a Christian is not because you're a baby. It's because you're coming to full age and you understand your standing that you now have with the Heavenly Father. The Bible said in the book of Romans that, that 
we have been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Most of us think it's irreverent to talk to God that way. No, it's not irreverent. And the Bible said when you do it, the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness within you that that's true. That's the reality of the relationship you have. Isn't that incredible? To be able to call the God of the universe, number one, Father. But to not only call Him Father, but to call Him Abba, Father. And Paul said, we as Christians, we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus said things that shook them and took them back until after the cross and the Holy Spirit was given so they could see it clearly. He said, I go to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Amen. He said, the time is coming. I'm not going to talk to you in Proverbs or parables anymore. And I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to pray. He is the high priest of our confession. He does make intercession. But he said, I'm not going to pray in the place of you praying. You You have a position of prayer. You have a position of relationship. And I'm not saying that I'm going to pray for you for... The Father Himself loveth you. And that means He's listening for your prayer. I love David's revelation of what happened when he prayed. He said, the day that I pray, my enemies turn back. Not when the circumstances change, but the day that I pray. The day that I pray, something's going on in the heavenlies. They don't know it yet, but they're defeated. They don't know it yet, but God is granting the victory. I'm looking at people here today that don't, don't have an Abba Father relationship with God. And it's no wonder we don't have a whole lot of faith to see victories in our life. You need that intimacy with the Lord. That's why He saved you, so you could have that intimacy with Him. And that's why Paul said the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to declare that intimacy, so He can verify that intimacy within you. Can you say amen? I love the story of the young man that found out in elementary school that he was adopted. And he was telling kids, and they found out that he was adopted. And the kids were jealous of him because he had good grades, so they began to rub it in. And they said, that's that's not your real daddy. That's your adopted father. He just adopted you. That's not your real daddy. And he took it and took it till he couldn't take it anymore. And he said, well, I'm glad that I'm adopted. He said, your daddy didn't have a choice. Your daddy is stuck with you. But my daddy picked me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Your heavenly father picked you. You, oh, wait a minute. Hang on a minute. The Bible said you didn't choose Him. Oh, you chose to respond to Him when He came and drew you. No man comes to the Father except by me. And no man comes to the Father except to me except the Father draw Him. You didn't initiate this thing. You didn't wake up one morning and pick God. God picked you in Christ Before He laid the foundation of the world, He saw you. Thank you for the hearty amens to the Word of God. It's a wonderful book you should really get down in. Listen, we've been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
not just Father, Abba Father. Only one person could say that. And it be right to say it. It be requisite to say it. It not be irreverent to say it. And that was Christ Himself. And when the pressure was on, He dropped all the formal addressing of God. He needed the paternal care, grace, and love to support Him in the garden. And that's why He said, Abba, Father. Say it with me. Abba, Father. You know what Gethsemane means? Where Gethsemane... My dad, one of his most favorite songs was in the garden. He loved to play it. He loved the words of it. He loved to play it on the fiddle. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear. The Son of God disposes or discloses and He walks with me and He talks with me and He Tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. What a beautiful song about intimacy with God. Dottie Rambo wrote that great song, Southern Gospel. I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I prayed a thousand prayers or more that I haven't stopped to thank you for. I just came to talk with you, Lord. Can you say amen? How long has it been, the songwriter said, since you've talked with the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the call today. Christians have the the name and, and the claim on God, but they don't understand their position in God. One of my great blessings one morning, I was talking about standing in your standing. And that was the message, standing in your standing. You can't stand in your standing if you don't know what your standing is. You are not old sinners saved by grace. There's not an old sinner saved by grace in the room. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But now, now that you are saved, not something that may occur, something that we're evolving into, but something that we have right now in terms of our relationship with God. Now, Paul said, now, it doesn't appear what we shall be. We look through a glass and it's on our website, and I like the way you did it. We see through a glass darkly. We don't see that clearly with our best revelation, but we can see some things clearly right now. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. You say, Brother Bimble, well, I know you in heaven. Well, if you, if you threw to Dallas, if you flew to Dallas, and I flew to Dallas, and we met for dinner in Dallas... Would you know me when I got there? You mean you could pick me out of the crowd? I wouldn't have to hold a sign. See, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to be holding a sign. The Bible said we're going to know as we were known. So if you knew anybody here, you're going to know them there. Because when we get there, we're going to be in this body. It'll be glorified. Corruptible will put on incorruption. Mortal will put on immortality. 
but it's going to be this body. You say, Brother Venable, what if it goes back to dust? What if it's cremation? What if I'm blown to smithereens? God has your DNA. I hate to quote Bill Cosby, but Bill Co- <laughs> because he's so crazy and the troubles that surround him right now, but, but he used to be a pretty funny guy. He, you know, he was a pretty funny guy, especially when he talked about children as a father. So he told his son, said, you better stop that. Don't let me tell you that. Don't let me tell you again. I'll kill you and make another one just like you. I'm going to tell you something. God can make another one just like you. Your spirit ultimately is going to live in this body. That's why Job had a revelation that was way beyond his time, way before, amen, Jesus came and way before the resurrection was talked about. Job had a revelation, and that revelation of what was going to happen to him after he died, amen, kept him through and brought him through his trials and his testings. When he was a toe up from the flow up, and you just read the story how bad off he was. And on top of that, his wife, instead of encouraging him, said, why don't you curse God and die and he said I know God dropped it in his heart what he needed at that moment he said I know that my redeemer liveth and at the last day he's going to what a revelation God dropped God can drop a revelation in your heart you have the Holy Spirit amen I know my redeemer lives and at the last day he's going to stand upon the earth you see he had already said though he slay me yet will I serve him because even if I die it ain't over even if I die I'll win in the end can you say amen if he decides not to deliver me from the boils and the sickness and all the troubles that have lowered my immune system and let them, the stress lowered the immune system and let the boils come on his body. Amen. But when the stress was relieved, not only did he get healed, he prayed for his friends that had turned on him and falsely accused him. When you get the victory, you won't hold no more grudges. You'll have too much joy and too much peace and too much of God's goodness to, to praise Him for. Hallelujah. You don't want nobody to be, to be hurt or harmed. You want to pull your... He'll prepare you a table in the presence of your enemies. Praise God. If you want your enemies to really get it in the neck, pull your chair up to God's table. Eat, eat the manna from heaven until you're full and drink living water. And live in the holiness and the happiness of a right relationship with God. And your enemy, it'll eat them up. Can you say, man, my enemies don't like to see me happy. That's why I enjoy being happy in the presence of my enemies. Can you say, man, he prepares me a table. You know what that meant in the Psalms? We'll get back in Psalm 23 sometime. The shepherd would go out. Before he led his sheep, he would go to like a plateau. He would lead them up into a green plateau. Green grass. Make me lay down in green pasture. And before he would let the sheep loose to go and feed, he would go and look for holes that snakes lived in. And he would drive them out. He would go and look for a lion. He would look for a bear, a predator. He would look for wolves, and he would drive them out. That's why David said, just like the sheep are comforted by his rod and his staff. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 
they comfort me. But he prepares me a table in the presence of mine enemies. Amen. He goes before. He goes before to make sure that no enemy is going to ambush one of his sheep. He is the shepherd. He is leading them. He is responsible for them. They trust in him. He defends them. That's why I'm a lot different when it comes to the shield of faith. The shield of faith is not a force within you that suddenly appears mystically and magically as you read promises. Well, Brother Vimble, doesn't it say that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God? Yes, but the Word of God doesn't just tell you promises that a person made. It tells you about the person who made the promises. And I'm going to tell you something about faith. A promise is only as good as the person who made it. If the person who made it isn't worthy of your trust, then promises mean nothing. I've had people promise me all manner of things. Amen. But the person who made the promise wasn't a person of integrity. And the, I, didn't, I can't trust them because they're not trustworthy. I can forgive them, but I can't trust them. Do you understand the difference? You have to be trustworthy. To be worthy of trust. Faith comes by hearing. Well, when you get in the Bible, you find a God of integrity. A God who does, not a God who does not lie. You, you don't find that and you find a God who cannot lie. Every one of us is capable of lying. We have to watch ourselves to keep from it. I went to a person's home, and it's been a long time ago. No one that is here now. I don't know if they're in heaven or where they went, but anyway, they're not here. They're not in the state of Florida, not anywhere I know. They invited me to their house to have some kind of seafood dish. I'm not big on seafood. Some people love seafood. You know, like some people in the room that said, I'm a seafood diet. I, I'm going to eat everything I see. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, this was seafood, shell food, shellfish. You love it. Crab shallow. I heard about you and your daddy going to some lobster place. I think they closed it down after y'all left. You had to repent of gluttony. There's some place you pay about $50 and you can eat all the lobster you can hold. And who that? You know that place. Okay. Oh, you heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I understand. You just would like to go. I want somebody to invite you. Amen. I don't know how we got on gluttony, but we'll try to bring it back. It's about integrity. It's about promises. It's about a person. The thing that's missing in many circles is that we think faith magically appears. It doesn't. We think the shield of faith is our ability to somehow just believe God. Well, how, what happens if your faith wavers? And I've been around people that were so into a faith message, they literally tell you, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not interested in running with the big dogs. But I'm not going to stay on the porch either. Can you say amen? Because my faith is based not on my ability to believe. 
My ability to believe is my understanding, appreciation, and appropriation of what I know about the God that I'm putting my trust in. No temptation you, no temptation has taken you, but such is as common to man. It's not unique that you're going through a trial. Join the, join the crowd. Join the club. You say, Brother Bimble, I wish I was like you. I just quote scriptures and the devil runs off and you live happily ever after. Even the guy that married Sleeping Beauty didn't live happily ever after. How do you know, Brother Venable? Because the Bible said Sleeping Beauty was waiting on the handsome prince to kiss her. And when he kissed her, what was going to happen? The woman woke up. You watch yourself. <laughs> you just you tread light. The, didn't he? Come on, Dave. He, she woke up. She lay in there. That's why she's sleeping beauty. She's sleeping. Real beauty in a woman is not what she looks like while she's sleeping. And she's pretty. Bible said it's character. It's not the plaiting of the hair, the putting on of apparel. A bunch of people say you can't fix your hair, you can't, or the putting on of a gold ring. That's not what makes you beautiful, but that inward man. The character is what makes you, and it's God's character that makes him beautiful. And God is a person, though he's a spirit, he's a spirit with personality and character. And he said, I won't lie to David. God which cannot lie. Cannot. We have to make the choice. God has no choice to make because there's no darkness in Him. Not either a shadow of turning. Hallelujah. In other words, whatever. Hath He not said it? And will He not do it? Can you say, man, when you take your stand on the Word of God, you're taking your stand on the faithfulness of God. And your faith should be in His faithfulness. Well, I got faith in the Word. The Word is the, on the page, darling. It's called Logos. It is holy. You can't stand on the Word if you don't know God well enough to trust Him. The shield of faith is not your ability to believe. It's your God's commitment to keep you and to answer you, to love you with an unconditional, unending love. Hallelujah. Thou, O Lord, David said, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Lord, you're my shield and my buckler. There was the big shield that you used, but when you're in the thick of it, you drop the big shield that you started with and you pull out your sword. But on your wrist, so that your forearm right here, there was a shield called a buckler. It buckled to the forearm, hence the word buckler. And when you get into hand-to-hand, close-up combat, you use your shield and your sword. The big shield of the Roman soldier, amen, kept him from 
being aggressive with his sword, but it did shield him from the fiery darts until he got in close. But when he got in close, he shook that shield off, pulled that short sword. He didn't need a long sword because he was now into personal one-on-one combat. But he had strapped on his wrist a buckler. That means he could take a hit without losing his ability to hit back. Can you say, man? You know what the devil's counting on? Number one, that you can't take a hit. And number two, if you do get hit, that you won't hit back. Can you say, man? Honey, I want to I be like Uncle Bud Robinson. He had a lisp, and he was a hillbilly. And when you put hillbilly and lisp together, you have a speech impairment. Can you say, man? Because hillbillies don't always talk plain. I'm from Kentucky originally. And I heard of a, a minister tell me that, that he went to Korea when before the big churches came in South Korea. God is moving so powerfully in South Korea right now. He, he, he came as an evangelist and he spoke at a big church and a lot of people got saved. And when he made the altar call, he, the interpreter didn't know how to interpret him. Because he said, and you back there? And you back there? And you back there? And the interpreter looked at the other guy, and he says, he means back there. He's from Kentucky. (laughs) You've got to cut him some slack. (laughs) Like the truck driver from Kentucky. (laughs) Bringing hanging meat from Texas back to Kentucky. Truck breaks down. Highway patrol comes by, sees a truck broke down. And three bouquets of flowers, 50 feet each 150 feet before you get to the truck there are three bouquets of flowers and he just has to pull over and ask the question why are you putting out bouquets of flowers behind your truck he said because in my truck driving manual he says if you break down put flares out every 50 feet Maybe that didn't really happen. I mean, I'm from Kentucky. (laughs) But I know one thing that is happening this morning. You know what is happening? You know what is happening? God is calling His people to understand faith differently than it's been presented in so many circles. I do not believe in ostrich faith. What is that, Brother Venable? It's when you're threatened... Put your head in the ground. Go into denial that you have a problem. Giants are not slain by not acknowledging the giant exists. Real faith, amen, puts their trust in the Lord in spite of the giant. Looks at the giant full on, eye to eye, amen. Runs at the giant, not from him. And you say, man. And declares, you come at me with sword and spear, but I come against you. Where's the faith? Where's the faith? Where's the faith in himself and his ability to believe, knowing his God and his promise to deliver? Can you say, man? And that gave him the ability to believe. You come at me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And then it said, and David ran toward the giant. And the giant had just told him, I asked for a man and you send me a boy. But if that's the best you got, I'm going to kill him and I'm going to cut his head off.
And David picked up five smooth stones. God is a God who gives you more than enough. Not barely enough to overcome. That's why nowhere in the Bible does it say directly, distinctly, we are conquerors through Christ. Does it say that? What? What? Come on, some of us barely getting by. Some of us would be so happy just to be a conqueror. But God wouldn't be happy just to give you enough to get by. God don't want you to just conquer. He wants you the more than conquer. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above. God gets glory when He answers prayer in such a way that man can't explain it away. That only God could do it and only God could bring it to pass. Not by might nor power, but by God's Spirit it occurs. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So the shield of faith is trusting God's faithfulness. It's not a force that comes in you. Because if your faith shakes, you've got, to have, you've got to be attached to something that don't shake. Hath he not said it? Is he on record? Is he on? Oh, that's why I read the Bible so much. God's on record. Hath he not said it? The Bible said in the book of Psalms, Let all the world stand in awe of him. Because he commanded And it was done. He spoke. And it stood fast. He said let there be a firmament. Hath he not said it? And did he not bring it to pass? You know what he said about his word? He said I watch over it. To perform it. So standing on the word means. That you're trusting in the God. Who spoke it to his own record. It's not just the word for the word's sake. It's God. You need to know God. They that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. One translation said they'll be steadfast and take action. The whole book of Acts is written because men and women stood on the word of God and trusted in the God of the word. It requires both. Thou, O Lord. Are the what? A shield for me. My glory. And guess what? The lifter of my head. See, when you get discouraged, you won't use your faith. But if someone is encouraging you to lift you up when you are down. I love the scriptures that said, and underneath. In that supportive place where we need it, every one of us. If anybody's standing, make no mistake about it. God is sustaining them. It's not their faith sustaining him. It's their God sustaining him. And their faith is in him. Because, listen, the devil wants your faith in your faith. Because then if he shakes your faith, you don't have a leg to stand on. But if you have your faith in your God, it's an unshakable faith. Hallelujah. Hath he not said it? And shall he not do it? That's why we know everything He's spoken in His Word is going to come to pass just like He said. Because God's going to bring it to pass. You know why He calls the things not as though they were? Because once He's on record, 
He's going to do it in spite of all the minions of hell, in spite of demons and devils and circumstances. It just don't matter once God said it's going to happen. He knows he's going to do it, so he goes ahead and calls it done. As far as he's concerned, it's a done deal. Remember when Joshua went up against Jericho? It was one of those cities that got the evil report. And the evil report was, there's cities walled up to heaven. We can't take them. And what is the first thing that God says to Joshua? He, te- he, he speaks to Joshua while Joshua is looking at this seemingly impregnable wall and these armies behind it. And God speaks to him while he's looking at his problem, his obstacle. You know what God says to him? He says, see. And then God begins to speak in the past tense. See, before anything changes in your circumstance, I have given you that city. <laughs> I've given you the kings that are in it and all of the treasure that's in it. It's your... It's yours right here and right now. Now, I've got a plan for you to get it, but it's already yours as far as I'm concerned because I will you to have it. And once I get on record that it's yours, it's yours. It's going to happen. It's going to ha- All you've got to do is follow through. All you've got to-, got to do is follow through. I'm making a rhyme again. I can't help it. I don't know why. All you've got to do is follow through. Faith is acting on the Word of God. Because you trust in the God of the Word enough to act on His Word. I trust you, Willie. I believe you're a man of integrity. Don't you ever tell me that you have inherited a million dollars and you want to pay off my house. Don't you ever tell me, meet me at the bank at 10 a.m. Monday morning. Because at 6 a.m. I'm going to be sitting there in my car. To make sure when you get there, I'm going to follow through because I trust you. But if somebody walks in off the street that I don't know from Adam's house cat and tells me the same thing, I don't want to be chagrined. I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be made a fool of. But if I know somebody and I trust them, don't you dare tell me something like that. God told me at work. He said, brother, before I left, when I was bivocational, he said, if God lets me win the lotto, he thought if he promised something to me in the church, that God would help him win the lotto. And I knew what he was doing, trying to get the edge. Like the guy with the t-shirt that said, Lord, help me to win the lotto so that I can prove to you that it won't change me. If you don't help me win it, I can't prove it to you. He said, Rev, he said, if I win the Powerball, one time Buck Doug got on there. He put a joke up on there. April Fools, that's what it was. I should have known. Hey, man, it, it was April Fools. But he said something to the extent that he had won the lotto. Yes. He did. It wasn't a lie because he quickly denied it. But before he denied it, I had a flutter in my chest. (laughs) 
I thought if Doug won the lotto, Lord have mercy. Woo. The guy at work told me, he said, he said, Rev, if I win the Powerball, if I win the Powerball, I'm going to build you a brand new church. And he said, don't you worry. He said, I'll find you to do it. I said, if you win the Powerball, you won't have to find me. <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let me tell you who you are this morning and where your faith is supposed to be. This nonsense. Be careful of a message that even in the name of faith, that you develop your faith so high that you become independent from God because you're dependent on your faith. It's this whole God complex. And the only person who wanted to be God was the devil. I will be like the Most High. I will exalt my throne above the stars in the north. I will sit in that congregation. I'll sit on the throne reserved for God alone. I'm going to tell you, God don't want you on his throne. And God don't want you independent from him. Go ask Paul. Paul said, all these trials kept me praying, kept me so desperately in need of God's grace and help that I couldn't make it another step if God didn't give me the sufficient grace to do it. And then, while asking God by faith to take away every pressure and every problem in his life, to get rid of the hindrances as he saw them, you know what God told him? After three times heaven had no answer, and he got still before the Lord where he could hear him, God said, my strength is perfected. Oh, some of you warriors sitting here, have been weakened down to where if God doesn't come through, you can't stand. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, you are in good standing with God. That's a place to stand right there. Hallelujah. You say, but I don't feel any strength. That's all right. His strength is made perfect. Not in the strong or the people that think there's something. That's why I don't run with the big dogs. Because the big dogs are going to get in trouble when they find a bigger dog. And there's a bigger dog out there somewhere. Can you say amen? But I'm not going to stay on the porch either with my tail tucked between my legs. Because I am not an old sinner saved by grace. Now, I was a sinner. I have been saved by grace. But I've been reconciled unto God brought into his royal family made an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus and it's in the context being a joint heir with Jesus it doesn't make me divine but it puts me in that same listen if you adopt a child if you adopt a child that child doesn't have to take a DNA test. Come on, that child don't have to prove anything. There has been a legal procedure take place. And that child don't bear his own name no more. That child bears your name. And there ain't no DNA to it. If you're adopted, you don't have to prove. All you have to do is prove you've been adopted and you are a joint heir 
Somebody else, they're trying, there's some guy in prison trying to, trying to tie himself to Prince because it's time to divvy up his millions. You know, some guy serving time said, I'm one of his children. Take my DNA. I want in on this. Let me tell you something. If there was an adopted child, there's no DNA test. Because the legal transaction that makes him joint heir is already in place. What are you telling me? I'm telling you that Paul said, now the spirit of adoption teaches us to cry, Abba, Father. Can you say, man, that you have been adopted? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And because you've been adopted, that means you're a joint heir with Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean I can just do everything he did? Of course not. Apart from him, what can you do? What can you do apart from Be careful of faith that makes you independent instead of dependent. I'm the vine. You're the branches. What happens when you separate a branch from the vine? It withers, it dies. Everything it has to have to maintain, sustain life and fruitfulness comes through the vine. Apart from me, therefore, you can do nothing. It's time the big dogs get off their high horse. Hallelujah. Get into the Word and get a real revelation. One that exalts God and not man. Gives glory and honor where the glory and honor is due. Apart from Him, they can't do anything. Because in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. I love it this way. It's better this way. Because it's not all on me when I'm weak and going through troubles. I have a defender. I have a defender. I have a defender. I have a defender. Thou, O Lord, art what? A shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. Can you say, man, having your faith in God instead of trying to have the faith of God? You don't need the faith of God if you've got faith in God. And besides, you can't have the faith of God. Every one of these preachers preaching that, when they get into financial trouble, they don't just say, I have no problems. Every need is met. I've just written a $10,000 check to someone else's ministry. So I'm going to get a million back for mine. All is well. No. There's going to be a crisis. You're going to get a letter. Oh, yes, I know because I get the letters. One Easter, I got a letter for a special offering. This is this Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, and it's all a Holy Week. I thought maybe some of these great ministers would be writing something about the power of the resurrection and its relevance to people today. And what it means to the faith, how crucial. No, here's, here's the deal. Not a scripture for it in all of the Bible. The deal was there is a window during Holy Week only. Because, see, they're in financial crisis. They've got to stimulate you to give that week because they can't wait till next week. This is the big dogs. That's why I don't run with them. I don't want to run with them. I don't want to affiliate, facilitate, or associate with them. Because they're teaching people to be independent from God while they're dependent on you and me.
church in Ohio running 10,000 people, television ministry reaching hundreds of thousands. A window's open during Holy Week. The only window I saw open was Malachi 3. It's all about giving and honoring God through the giving. See if I won't open the windows of heaven, and then it isn't some trap door in the bottom of heaven where gold pours out. The windows of heaven in, in an agricultural-driven economy where droughts came regularly in those countries was the gentle, steady rains that caused the bumper crops to crumb in. I'll open to you the windows of heaven. You stand around your bucket waiting on a trap door in the bottom of heaven and God to send some pavement down. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Don't understand the scriptures. That's why you cast your bread on the waters and boom, you get rich. No, after many days. Many days? You mean there's a time period? Some people don't trust God through the time period. They don't know if He'll keep His Word because they don't give Him a chance. They're too impatient. It don't work. I ain't doing it no more. It does work. You need to do it some more. Hath He not? And will He not? Hath He not? And will He not? Hath He not? You've got to know the one who said it before you can stand on his word until he does it. Hallelujah. And after many days, it will come back to you. It's sowing a seed. It's reaping, but not the way it's presented. So during this so-called Holy Week, which is truly a holy week, and it's all about the crucialness of the resurrection to our own eternal life and to the claims of Christ being true. If He didn't raise from the dead, we're yet in our sins and the preachers are all liars and the dead are not raised and we're as hopeless, as helpless as the world and the cross didn't mean anything to God. No. There's this window open for seven days and everybody that sends in their money to this ministry during this seven-day period, is going to get a triple of the hundredfold. And we're laughing, and we ought to, it's so laughable. But when you send 10,000 people in an audience eating it up and sending the money, and 100,000 in the television audience, and you say, where is the Bible? Where is somebody with the revelation of the Word of God? Why haven't we picked up our Bibles? We're looking at a person on television and because of their personality, their charisma, and I'm not talking about spiritual gifts, I'm talking about their own personality. Some of you are looking over their sins because of their personality. I look for somebody to be a follower of Jesus. I'm looking for something more than a handsome man in a suit or a handsome lady in a dress that goes to the Dove Music Awards and you're wearing a dress that looks like people coming on the platform at the Emmys or or the Oscars and then want to talk spiritual things while portraying and exuding sensuality. But you know something? Who is following this? Who's doing it? Christians, number one. And which section of Christians mostly support it? 
Pentecostals and Charismatics. We do. Somebody say, come tie my bow tie. We, we don't care what they're living like. We don't care whether they're qualified to even be in a pulpit biblically as long as they're telling us. It's fulfilling prophecy of the end times. In the last days, the Spirit speaks expressly that some shall depart from the faith. What faith? The faith that was once delivered to the saints, the only true faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the last days, they will heap to themselves. Going to be very popular. Teachers. Having itching ears. If you will tell me what I want to hear, you'll have my attendance. You'll have my financial support. This is no time to tickle the ear. Christ is coming soon. This is a time for God's truth to outweigh personalities of men and persuasions, spiritual wickedness. You say, but Brother Venable, I had a guy tell me one time somebody was that close to God, that close to God. And they just stood in awe of them. I don't stand in awe of no man that walks on two feet or four legs. Can you say amen? I don't stand in awe of man. Let all the world stand in awe of him. Because he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. It's his word that we're to give such integrity and to validate in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I wadded that up and I said, how in the world did the Christian community come to this? How did we get to this? In our city, a bunch of people left church years ago. They went over to a church that had a money tree. Everybody, take a, they had clothespins. They had this tree thing, like a Christmas tree, and it was tinsel. They didn't want anything to, you know, the only green on it was supposed to be dollar bills and five dollar bills and anything else you want to put on. And you pin it on it. Every Sunday, you've got to pin something on the Dollar Tree. The end of the month, somebody's seat has a number under it. Whoa, number 57? I'm going to tell you something. They came to church. Can you say, man? I done pinned $4 on that tree. And somebody's going to get all them dollars hanging on that tree. I ain't missing Sunday. Oh, that's a real motivation. Don't you know God's proud of that bunch? There are people today serving Him for what they think they can get. An immediate felt blessing. Immediate blessing. Not the blessing of Him or heaven. Just that immediate material blessing. They love the flesh. Do what? They mind the things of the flesh. To be carnally minded is spiritually death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. Number 57. <laughs> and somebody says, Hallelujah! Big hallelujah. Because I got all the dollars on the money tree. I ain't missing a service. When they're going to call out who's 
who gets the money tree. Well, once you start down that materialistic, non-spiritual, stimulate and motivate people with the material, once you go down that road, once you go down that road, that pastor in this city, amen, a man went into a gay bar in Tampa, and there he was. Amen. There he was looking for a one-night stand. Why? Because once you get into error, once you start getting away from the Word of God, making exceptions, disparaging the cross, can you say, man, in the Christ who hung on it, not motivating people because they love God, but because they love money? That means somebody is walking in the flesh. Somebody's got a hold of a seducing spirit. Somebody's teaching a doctrine of devils. And when he was exposed, not just because of his sexual orientation, but because of his sin. Listen, fornication is sin too. So whether it's a gay bar or a straight bar, preacher has no right in down there on Saturday night trying to hook up. You want to hear me preach? If the last place I was last night is some bar hooking up with some woman? I don't want to hear me preach. You would not want to get on a plane with me. You would not want to go fishing with me. Because if Pamela don't kill me, God will. Can you say amen? <laughs> Give me an amen and a fist bump. I'm twice dead. Amen. Any way you look at it. I want to tell you the truth on Sunday morning. I want your faith in God. I don't want that translation have the faith of God because you don't need it. You're not going to create anything. You haven't created anything. None of these guys can create a tree. Science or... None of those guys. There's one creator. <laughs> Hallelujah. His name is Jehovah. There's one Savior. His name is Jesus. And apart from Him, we can't do anything. But through Him, all things are possible. Can you say, man, I can do all things, what? Through who? Christ. By my great faith, it's been so highly developed. No, through Christ, which strengthens me. Because when I am weak, then... I qualify for the supernatural. I qualify for that that grace allows me to receive from God. Hallelujah. That mountain overwhelms Zerubbabel. He saw a mountain of opposition and circumstance to what God had told him to accomplish. And it overwhelmed him until God spoke to him. And he said, it ain't on you. When I will it and I go on record, amen, it's not on you, it's on me. So get it off of you and let me work. The mountain that stands before you shall become as a plain, not by your might or your power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. This mountain shall be removed. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! So this Father's Day, I declare my faith in my Heavenly Father. I am an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I don't need no DNA test. I've been adopted. 
You didn't hear me. You do not have to prove anything. God accepts you and God calls you sons and daughters. And join heir with Jesus means that we have that same relationship with God the Father that He does. Better than gold and silver is better than spiritual power. and all. We have the relationship that Christ has with the Father. You know what Jesus said in John 17? Praying for the church, the Lord's real prayer of intercession for the church, not pattern prayer for us, but His actual prayer for us. He said, Father, you know how I'm in you, and you're in me, and we're one in that relationship. As many as believe on me, I want them to have the same. Let's join air with Jesus. Come on. I'd rather have God's blessing my faith in Him than trying to use some kind of fictitious power that really is not mine to use. If they got what they claim to have, they ought to go to St. Jude's Hospital. Come on, they ought to go to St. Jude's Hospital where that little bald-headed five-year-old boy or girl is receiving chemo for that tumor that's going to kill them within three months. Amen? They need to go if they can command all of this, if they have that kind of authority. They ought to go to St. Jude's. They ought not to charge for miracles. That Jesus died to provide through His shed blood for you and me. They ought to go to St. Jude's. They ought to get one child healed. One. If they got what they say, this means. Even Jesus didn't operate indiscriminately, arbitrarily. He said, the works I do, they're not mine. They're not mine. But what I see my Father do. If my Father don't authorize it, I am not authorized to do it. It starts with God. It ends with God. It starts with Christ. It ends with Christ. He's the Alpha and Omega of our faith. Hallelujah. The words I speak, they're not mine. But what I hear my father say. Can you say, man, he kept pointing where? Where did he always point? And by example, to the Father, the Father, the Father. This is Father's Day. Can you say, man, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So he said, you know how I'm in you and you're in me and we're one in each other? I want those that believe on me to have that kind of relationship. And oh, by the way, and you know, Father, the love that you have for me. I pray that you will love them that come to you through me with the same love. Say it with me. The same love wherewith you have loved me. I'm going to tell you right up front, I am not worthy of God loving me like His sinless Son. But I'm adopted. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. We have been raised with Him, the Scriptures teach. 
And we've been seated with Him. And you know what that word seated means in the Greek, Sean? It means joint seating. It doesn't mean we're on His throne. It means we have that kind of familial relationship with the Father. You don't suddenly become gods when you get saved. You're forgiven by God. You're to put your trust in God. And when Jesus stood in Pilate's hall and everyone forsook Him, He said, there's one thing that I cling to here. My Father is always with me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our Father is with us today. Praise God. And the only time that Jesus was without the Father's comfort, support, strength, and, and His love felt in His life was when He that knew no sin took our sins upon Himself. And that's when Jesus cried because He died as a sinner abandoned of God to pay the sin price for every sinner so no one need be abandoned or lost. Eloi! Eloi! Lama! Sabachthani! Which being interpreted as my God, Eloi, my God, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, why hast thou forsaken me? I need you, Abba Father. But he still stayed on the cross until he cried, It is finished. So I don't want to run with the big dogs. I don't want their fleas. I don't want their ticks. I don't want their pride and arrogance. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And He will exalt you in due season. When He knows you can handle it. Not when you think you're ready. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Hobbs, I don't know anything to do. I, I've never ever got to the point in my ministry that I give up on a true revival. There's a true revival coming. It's not going to be certain individuals getting a touch. It's going to sweep families into the kingdom of God. It is what this scripture is talking about as we close and I will close with it. Behold, I'm going to read verse 5 and we'll teach the rest some other time in Malachi 4. This is the last in the line of the Old Testament prophets. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers. This is both a promise of blessing and it's also the promise of a curse if that message is not heeded and responded to. Because he goes on to say, Lest I come and smite the earth with a crust, with a curse, and that is the great tribulation period. It's salvation or tribulation. And this is a full circle thing. And it don't start with mothers. Come on, dads, you wave said you were daddies. It does not start with mothers just because there's more mothers praying than dads. It starts with fathers 
then mothers, children are last. Brothers, aunts, uncles, it goes down the line. It comes full circle. The hearts of the fathers back to the children. See, when a daddy really gets saved, he starts loving his family with the love of God. Amen? He's not just this disciplinarian. He's not afraid to look his wife in the eye and say those words, I love you. And to tell his children, I'd lay down my life for you. I love you. I love you. This message will bring families, not just certain individuals sporadically, but whole families. And the hearts of the children, when the kids get saved, they look at their parents differently. Amen? You see your parents differently. There's a love. There's an honor. Honor thy father and mother that thy days be long upon the earth. The first commandment with promise. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this and we're going to quit. God is so good today. God is so good today. Praise his wonderful name. Praise his wonderful name. Lord, we love you so very much today. Hallelujah. 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 No, I don't guess I'm going to read it either. Hallelujah. Amen. How how many dads again do we have here? I see you're a little more hesitant to raise your hand now. Amen. We need you, Dad. We need you. We need you. We need men of God. Rise up. Oh, men of God. Yes, women of God too. But God has designed this thing to operate with the man taking the spiritual lead, not the back seat. So if you want honor, be honorable. Someone said if you have to demand respect, you probably don't deserve it. Amen? Live a life that brings a deserving Sarah honored Abraham's walk with God and his integrity and and his love for her and she called him Lord not because he was her master but because of the reverence she had for her husband and not in the deity sense either amen there's a mighty revival coming it's going to sweep families into the kingdom of God and I believe it's coming soon How many want to hear more about this revival that's coming? Hallelujah. How many want your faith grounded in the Word of God? Hallelujah. Something that cannot be shaken. Listen to what it says here. Recent survey revealed that 98% of imprisoned men have contact with their mothers. 98% of men in prison have contact and communication with their mothers. While only 2% have contact with their fathers. See where the father's influence has gone? Why such a disparity? Isn't it because men are more prone to be harder hearted and not show their emotions and not say what they need to say? It is men who find it difficult to forgive. Many times women do too. Men find it difficult to cry because men aren't supposed to cry. Men find it difficult to say, I love you. To show even a little emotion or affection. To express the tender things that are in their hearts and how they really feel. 
I had to ask my son to forgive me with tears in my eyes and tears in his eyes because he played basketball his senior year at a Christian school and because I was so involved with other people's problems and other people's families, I never showed up to see him play basketball one time. So you know what my son, my son saw the church taking his daddy from him. I sat down with my son and my wife on Christmas Day and somebody who had a friend in the hospital that came to our church called and asked me to go visit them because they were in dire condition and I took off and left Christmas dinner for the hospital. Thought I would meet that person at the hospital that was so concerned about their friend. And it was Christmas Day so they're not coming to the hospital. They just sent me. And when I get back, Christmas dinner's cold and my family doesn't have dad there and I wished... I had prayed and not went because I didn't do a bit of good to the person in the hospital who didn't even want to see a preacher. I've learned something over the years. And I apologized to my son at my uncle's funeral. I came to him and said, Alan, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I didn't get it right. Please forgive me. And he did right there on the spot. And he said, Dad... He tried to console me. He said, Dad, it wasn't you. It was me. It wasn't Mom. It was me. I'm the prodigal. And I thought, well, yeah, you are the prodigal, but I could have been a better father, and I still want your forgiveness. A few years ago, Department of Health and Human Services posted these statistics. Boys without fathers in their lives are 63% more likely to run away from home. And 37% more likely to use drugs. Boys and girls without father's involvement and influence involved are twice as likely to drop out of school. Twice as likely to go to jail. And nearly four times more likely to need help for emotional and behavioral problems. That's incredible to me. Millions of middle-class families are not houseless, but they are homeless. Countless homes in America could be described as snack bar, parking garage, and a holiday inn. It serves as a place to eat, a place to park, a place to sleep, when parents are more concerned about building a house than establishing a home. In that sense, there are many homeless children in America. So the revival of the last days that will either bring you into the kingdom or leave you here to face the tribulation, the curse upon the earth. This is critical. This is crucial. One, it's, it's revival or the tribulation. People are going to come to Christ or go through the tribulation when we get into that last day era. And we find the prophecy in Malachi chapter 4. Listen to me carefully. Daddy, it's time to step up. Fathers, it's time to stand up. It's time to be a man of God in your home. Not just a provider. That's a godly thing to do. Because it doesn't start with mothers. God didn't design it that way. It hasn't changed. He's not interested in what's politically correct or what the culture wants. This preaching will bring the heart of the fathers back to the children. Your sons, your sons, 
Wow. And the hearts of the children then back to the fathers. It will come full circle from the start and head of that family to the children of the family. Praise God. And without that revival, what we're seeing right now beginning, a precursor to what is coming. He said, if they don't turn, then the curse is coming. I will curse the earth. And the great tribulation, what happens? The whole earth, water turns to blood. Hailstones fall weighing 96 pounds. The sun is darkened and the moon is turned to blood. It all begins to occur. Skin cancers because of ozone layers that have been eroded now. It comes full force with infrared and sores are all over men and women. It's coming. It's called the day of the Lord. It hasteneth greatly. So I'm going to encourage you today. We've had a good time. We've had some humorous things. But this is a very serious issue. Because the drift away from God... The dads who are no longer godly men. They blend at work with everybody else. It's hard to get them to stand up and be a godly man before their children. But the day that they do, God has given them power. He's given them influence. And He will use them as a priest of their homes that their children will begin to respect their faith. That's what He told the Philippian jailer. He said, believe on the Lord. What must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. And because of His influence over His household and your children, they were not automatically saved, but they were going to be saved because when they saw Daddy saved and He had that kind of influence in the home of respect and reverence, they would come to the Christ that saved their Daddy. And we need some Daddy saved. Some men interceding. Some men living for God. Everybody got that praying mama. Everybody need a praying papa too. Can you say amen? Wave at me if you got something out of this message today. How many got your shield? How many got your buckler? How many got your sword? How many ready? Amen. To win in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to sing the Father a song and leave him. Amen. You're here with your family. You're probably going to go eat. There's no service tonight. The Baptists and Methodists have done eat. Church of Christ has done home watching television. Amen. So the line should be down in another five minutes. Praise God. Will you stand with me in this room? Praise God. Brother Hobbs, I will not pastor if I can't believe to see a revival in my generation. I've got that message of Elijah John the Baptist had it praise God hallelujah before his first coming in the spirit of Elijah John the Baptist spoke and prophesied we're going to get down in this how many want to wade out a little deeper into the word how many glad you're adopted today I'm be glad when the devil says you ain't no good, you ain't nothing, that you don't have to have a DNA test. You just pull out your adoption papers, the Word of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God's favorite song is the song of the redeemed because it honors Him for the gift of His Son and His Son for the gift of His life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so this morning. 
I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. All to Him I now resign. I've been redeemed. That's not this song, but it's a good one. Let's give Him praise. Let's give Him praise. How many love Him today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm a revival preacher. And that's why you're here in this church. If we tried to compete with other churches, hang it up. Our church ain't as pretty. Our services aren't as organized. Our seats aren't as comfortable. We don't have the programs. We can't run with the big dogs. Don't want to. Can you say, man? But Jesus is here. And He's going to move regardless of our size. We're not going to let our size hold us back. I feel a camp meeting anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if nobody don't get revived but me, I'm going to preach so I can get revived. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Somebody give Him praise hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah